I've been selling my soul, working all day, overtime hours for bullshit pay, so I can sit out here and waste my life away, drag back home and drown my troubles away. And it's a damn shame. What's the world coming to for people like me, people like you? That's <laughs> it. Thank you, Matt. That yeah, was great. Okay. Thank you so much for opening up the show like uh, it's that. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. No. Welcome. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's I know we, we chatted, uh, I don't know, probably going on a month or two now. Yeah, a couple of months around the... Um, the uh, It was a trade show. The oh, I did it for the property maintenance side, but there's a the few different different things so yeah it was around that sort of time because yeah. i think you had a you were doing live uh were you doing some live podcasts we're, we're planning on doing some live, live podcasts that yeah. were coming up on the concrete expo show right are you, you are you guys no not the, there was the there was a, oh, I don't, the, there's a few isn't there, there were, i know because I, I listened to your one with the guys the two guys with the, the they do the concrete one don't they yes yeah but that i think that's different this was like the pm the house building show and there was that, that was the one, I assume, because it came around that time. Oh, wait, so we, yeah, we actually have done them before. We've been at the building show. We've yeah, yeah, the building show is the yeah. main thing. But yeah. like, yeah, Mike, there's, it's broke into different sections, I think. And mine yeah. was the property maintenance part. Well, that yeah. was, because we're very much into municipalities and, and that side of things. But the, the property maintenance side, people are filling potholes in parking lots. Um, and often for us, so if you're dealing with the roads guys, they have lots of different options. They also have lots of knowledge yeah. on the right asphalt and what's what, and their buoying powers are greater. And I guess a bit of one of the things that I guess we'll speak about is the, a bit of the mindset. And I, I don't want to be negative about them because they're my customers, but sometimes with the mindset, the municipalities is, well, we've got guys filling potholes. So if it lasts a month and we go back, we sort of, we can accommodate that. We've got people to do it. Whereas when you're dealing with property maintenance guys and even like some of the, just the school boards we start to do stuff with, yeah. they need to get things done first, right? First time permanent, get it done, get it right. Because these guys are dealing with so many different things. Don't want to be going back to potholes every single month or stuff like that. Also in parking lots, sometimes the claims, because it's trips, it can be a bit more, it can happen a bit quicker. So, um, I was sort of trying to get into the property maintenance side. The problem is the volume for us isn't quite there. Um, there's a need, and we got some good leads out of it, but the, the municipal guys, they're buying skids and skids and skids. It's a constant maintenance industry, yeah? Yeah. Maintaining industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, I mean, Canada and Ontario in particular. Well, it's because of our seasons, right? Yeah, it's, we it's, just, it's the we perfect just have it's, it's, I don't think there's an... And this is... We're going to talk about one of my favorite words in construction, basically. It's asphalt. I've always liked that word. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess a lot of people have a yes or a no to it, like a negative positive to that word or that industry and yes. what goes on. But I mean... I'm glad that you're here and we're going to talk about this stuff. I want to share the deets before I do that. I want to just do a quick shout out to Tools of the Trade. So they're just a, a really interesting organization that educates a lot of people that want to get into the trades. And so they'll, they'll set up little boot camps here and there every weekend all across Ontario. And they've been doing really well and inviting a lot of people and educating a lot of people and having people that are in the industry that are actually sharing their knowledge to the young generation that's coming up. We can't have enough of that. We need more of that. Needs yeah. more. And I think people need to be encouraged more yes. to go into it. Like I've got, this is all in the UK, but I've got a diverse friend group and there's probably half that went to university and then half that went on. It's to usually the, the case though, man. Yeah, no, I say diverse. <laughs> you're right. It is probably pretty, yeah, yeah. yeah. Pretty, pretty normal. Um, and I can tell you that the most of the guys that went into the trades are earning more than the guys that went to university and they haven't got the debt. Uh, and that's a simple 
But it's it's weird when you bring that up and you discuss that that it just doesn't stick to the people who actually accumulated all that debt and have gone down this other path. But it's like I guess people just don't want to get their I hands think there's dirty. There's a stigma, an unnecessary yeah, stigma 100%. to it. My yeah. wife's actually Australian, and I find in Australia there's not that stigma. No, nope. they are really encouraged to get be tradies, get into the trades and I do agree. it. And it and it's that's the mentality that there should be. Um, and but at this point, I think it's a if I was. 18 again I that's where I I'd actually tried I applied for a plumbing one when I was 16 with a muni- the local municipality and they didn't even give me an interview so, <laughs> <laughs> so maybe you didn't not. even get into the door <laughs> no no I couldn't even get into the door but uh that that would be where I'd go because there's so much money to be made there's a lot um, so yeah unleash your voice on the construction life podcast community are you passionate about the world of construction trades and all things building related the construction life podcast wants to hear from you Leave us a review, share your thoughts, insights, and experiences on your favorite podcast channel. Your review fuels our mission to create engaging and informative content for the construction community. Your feedback is the mortar that holds our podcast together. Share your thoughts, rate us, and let the construction community know why The Construction Life is your go-to podcast. Visit our website and check out the nearly 500 tradespeople and construction professionals listed on the site. Connect with all of them. Check us out at www.theconstructionlife.com for additional content, behind-the-scenes exclusives, and valuable resources. Dive deeper into the construction world with articles, guest profiles, and more. Follow us on Instagram at TCL underscore The Construction Life. Follow us on TikTok under the same handle and tweet us at TCL Construction. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, check out our link tree, and find exclusive discounts for listeners. Link is in the IG bio. Join the conversation on Facebook, the Construction Life community. Yeah. So let me let me share. Okay, so daily's here. Daily, right? D- yeah, daily. D-A- hyphenated D-A- hyphenated L-E. L-E. Yeah, yeah. And then it's uh, Matt Kinson. Kinson? Yeah, Kinson. Yep. Kinson is here. And it's uh, Matt at dailygroup.com. And the website is www.dailygroup.com. And then you'll find them on LinkedIn and IG. You can find them under daily underscore pavement underscore products underscore. And obviously, we're going to talk about asphalt. Yeah, yeah, the whole world of asphalt. Whole world, but mainly cold asphalt. And yeah, permanent, you gave me a sample here, which is great. Permanent cold asphalt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's a cured, a cured puck. So everyone calls it a puck sample because we're in Canada and a bit big for a hockey puck. But yeah. I never thought of it that way. But it, what it actually <laughs> training is training puck. Yeah, it's it's a, training a, puck. it's a Marshall stability test, um, which is done. It, it, I think it, it's done more in Europe, but it's definitely recognised in North America. Um, so basically, it's a sample that's taken loose. Uh, it's, it's normally about 60 grams. It goes into the, the Marshall's testing machine, um, basically into a cylinder, locks in, and it takes 40 strikes from the machine. And when the cylinder opens up, it has to hold, and it measures its stability under compaction. So if you were to do that, get straight into to sort of kicking the cold patch, the, the cheap cold patch products, but if you were to do that to a regular cold patch product, and I've actually got uh, pictures of us doing it, they just fall apart. It again. crumbles. Yeah, because they're, they're not made, and it's two things, but initially, it's for us, it's the gradation of the stone. So that's all granite. We bring it down from Bracebridge, because southern Ontario is typically limestone. Yep. Limestone's very inconsistent. You get very strong limestone, but you get stuff that you can just break in your hands. And when you're proposing what we are, which is the product to be used for permanent restorations, like that gets used around manholes and catch basins instead of high asphalt. Um, so when you're proposing that, you need an aggregate that can, can back that up. And it's not going to just disintegrate and break over time. So granite is is the go-to. Um, and it's grading in a certain way. So we have two different grades. The one you've got in front is our pothole grade, which is the orange pale. Yeah. Uh, it's a two to six mil granite. 
different percentages of each amount that go through the sieve um, so that when you compact it, it really pushes in and locks. So in the early hours... It binds. Yeah, yeah, and holds it in. And the way it's always described to me by the techie guys back in the UK is you could not put the liquid over it. And with that right gradation, you put it in and compact it and it would hold. Of course, over time, it would start to come away. And that's why you put the liquid binder over it. And our liquid binder, um, it's basically contains a solvent. And it's activated by air. So that's why it has to come in a pail. And actually within the pail, there's a plastic bag as well. Yeah. Um, so once you open it up, put it into the pothole and compact, you get a solvent release into the air. It takes about 24 hours to, to harden as much as that, but you traffic it instantly. And the reason you can traffic it instantly is that gradation. Because it's already locked. It's binding yeah, in. Yeah. So now how much does Mother Nature affect this? Um, a little, a little. I mean, we're in Canada, obviously, yeah, we're getting yeah, into yeah. extreme weathers, right? Absolutely. Um, and that's why I ended up here, because it's a great place for potholes and damage to the road. Of course, lots. Um, but yeah, a little bit. Um, in the this time of year, it, it's, like it hardens a little quicker. So what we always say, to, to, get, to, to get to that puck, like a concrete, you're 28 days. To fully, fully cure. Oh, so actually, okay, so you're treating so the, like fully sort cured. of, yeah. Okay. We're not quite as 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 accurate as the 28 days, like you tend Similar. to do with concrete, but it's the same mindset. That it, but if you look at it on a graph, within 48 hours, it's 80, 90 percent there, and it just does that last little bit of solvent release, that last little bit of curing over the next sort of. Does it two speed up weeks. if you start having more traffic on it? Yeah, and the more concrete. you more you hit, it works on compaction. That's how it works. Yeah, so okay. I always say to people, once we've done a pothole or uh, a little utility cut, which is something that we, we're starting to do a lot of, if you um, were to do your cut, compact it correctly as per we recommend, and then just tip a pail out and leave the pile next to it, you come back tomorrow, that patch that we've done properly, it's going to be more like that. It's going to really? be hard. Whereas the pile, it wouldn't be great, but you could still move it around. Because you haven't compacted to act, activate it, I guess, Yeah, yeah, right? absolutely, absolutely. So the more you hit it, the harder or quicker it'll harden. In the summer, sort of come July, August here, when it gets very hot, sticky, and um, it will maybe take up to 48 hours to, to feel like that. But again, because you've done the compaction, because it's locked in, it doesn't affect it. It doesn't come out. It doesn't fail. Um, it just takes a little bit longer for the solvent to release in the summer. So here's my question for you, Matt, is that if I were to put my bike kickstand on it, will it start to sink in that? It shouldn't no. sink in that because that's rock hard. Not at all. You won't, you won't sink in that. If you were to do it, say, within an hour of us doing the job. No, let it, it cure would. a little and, bit. But I always say, whatever, like yeah. people, people always do, the, the test is always dig the, screw the heel in. And I'll, yes. and I'll go to people, I went, no. Oh, that's, that's not the that's not any a fair asphalt, test. Hot yeah. asphalt, any asphalt in the world within yeah. an hour, two hours. That and that's not what that's not what it's made to do. It's made to take a, a spread load of a vehicle yes. over it. So it's designed in that particular way. Yes. Not to take a high heel or a bike stand in it after an hour. But yeah, hundred percent. You could put anything in that. My, my I've still got my original one that I moved over with. Uh it's pretty destroyed because everyone gets it. Well, they start throwing it, yeah, yeah, that's just to see if it's going to crumble. See, but it's, it's well, I mean, still it's, it's shedding a tiny bit here, right? Yeah, but you get a little that, bit, yeah, that's tiny, and that's just some bit. of the no some of the fines. It's yeah, some of the fines just fine. coming off it. But no, the 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 big one is uh, the, the 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 center of it's there, where you can just see little chips away. But I'm I mean I'm quite proud of that. It's like five and a half years old, and it it's and still, it's still holding it's together, still holding. And the only bits have come where people have literally thrown it off the pavement again to try and try and break it. But it's not. And people have really given it a good go, and it's never just come apart and done it. So I think that's a, a good testament to to what it does and, and the way it, it, it works. And I think for us, our, or for me, my biggest challenge is trying to differentiate it from Cold Patch. And it really is the polar opposites. 
um, and and trying and trying being the word on this one is to get municipalities to approve it for utility contractors to use as a permanent restoration. How is it? Because um, I had an interesting. <laughs> I, I call it a little bit of a roller coaster because I was talking to um, a GC recently who was actually looking to get his license in the Mississauga area uh, for GC and for doing projects. Like yes. he, he was basically looking to expand his his business and get more clients, and he went, wanted to do it legitimately. And he was just um, it became quite an adventure to get things approved and signed off on paperwork that he already approved, like. They wouldn't do anything. He had to do everything. And even when he was coming in, he still was presenting what they were asking for. And then they were telling him that this is not what I asked for. You didn't have to go. You could have done that. And there was like, is anybody yeah. doing any work there? So I can, you're dealing with municipalities all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Is it a lot easier for you guys because you've got so many more projects going on? It, or? Yeah, it, it, it depends on the municipality. Um, like anything, the bigger they are the more difficult it is, the more bureaucracy, the more layers. Because I wonder how many people there actually know what you're talking about, what needs to be done. Uh, I mean, so with, because we, we have this, this, I guess with the asphalt, the studio from parts, there's potholes, filling potholes. Yeah. That's easy. You go in and see the road supervisors, the road managers, they, they know what asphalts have got to fill potholes. That part, say it's easy. It's not easy, but it's easy. They understand. You're not having mm -hmm. to explain or convince them of everything uh, or anything you go, you, typically we go and do a demonstration for it. What I try and do is say, pick me a pothole that your coal patch has failed. You've been back two, three times and put mine in because then that shows them that it's, it's yeah. better and it's going to work. Yeah. Um, and that's always, that's our pitch, to be honest with you. It's, this isn't going to replace your coal patch because uh, let's, let's say, actually, Oakville is a bad example because they don't use tons and tons of coal patch. They're, they're pretty good. But Burlington, uh, we, they buy us, Oakville buy from us as well. Um they buy 20, 30 tonne of coal patch and it's just dumped in a big pile in, in the yard. And that could last for 12 months. It could last longer. And because of, there's a lot of oils in there that keep it soft, yeah. it may crust a bit, but it doesn't harden. And that's the problem when you put it in the hole. It doesn't. You see a lot where they sink and yep. deform and push. And it, it's a trade-off. It, it is cheap. It fills a lot of potholes. Um, it's a band-aid. Yeah, absolutely. But isn't that how the cities run this whole? It is, and and it has to be from a budgeting and cost point of view. Okay. Um, look, right. I, I I sort of, um, yeah, I definitely. Again, they're my, they're as I say, they're my customers. I'd never kick them. Um, um, and I understand often when you sit and speak to people what they're they're trying to balance everything because the perfect world, the perfect perfect world, probably my product doesn't even exist. You'd reap moment anything's damaged, you'd repave it with hot asphalt just not you can't do that there's, there's, there's too much cost it just doesn't yep. work that way yeah. um so people go out and fill these things with coal patch and i always at 60 70 percent of the spots they're probably fat fine they last until a more permanent repair is done um mine's for that other 30 40 percent maybe the repeat offenders is what i call them where mm. you put the coal patch in you're going back put it in you go back and Thing I said to you when we spoke, this is it's way more expensive than than that stuff. Yeah, because it's packaged. Because of the, I think when I first got here, a lot of people used to think uh, we were just putting cold patch in a in a nice pail and charging for it. And explain the process. Everything's indoors, so that moisture doesn't get into. It. We have to dry all the the whole process. Everything's to, still made here. Like yeah, yeah. Every, we, and so we, even the, the raw materials off the, the liquid, the secret sauce that comes from the UK. Oh, so that that's where okay. I started. So yeah. that's that recipe. Everything else is bought in Canada, and a big chunk of it is bought in Ontario. Um, so 
and it's all manufactured. We're in Stony Creek. We manufacture it uh, there. And I encourage particularly people who sort of do have that mindset that we're just putting coal patch in a nice pail. Come, come and have a look. Yeah. We're, we're, again, it's nothing too crazy fancy or anything like that, but it's it's a great place to come and see how we produce it and what we do and the, the quality control and the, the effort that has to go into making a premium product. Um, because you people go and put the coal patch in and if it fails tomorrow, eh, it's coal patch. That's how they think about it. I get hold, held to the high standard because I'm coming in selling this more expensive product, telling them this is way better than any other cold asphalt you're going to use. In fact, this is going to work like your hot asphalt. Techno metal post screw piles are installed by our trained certified professionals using specially designed hydraulic machines. The piles are augered in until they reach a specified torque and depth, allowing our installers to determine the load bearing capacity for the structure. Helical pile foundations are made from hollow structural steel HHS that is compliant with ASTM A500 grade C. They are designed, tested, fabricated, and installed in compliance with Canadian, European, and U.S. building codes. When compared to bolted coupling and similar products, TMP's fully welded couplings ranked above the others and provided maximum strength, rigidity, and enhanced buckling resistance. Different shaft and helical blade sizes are available to accommodate the needs of structure support and site soil conditions. Our engineering department provides assistance to determine the appropriate sizes for specified project types. Reach out to them at www.technometalpost.com for your next project. So if mine was to come out the next day, that's it. That's me done. So it's the, the, the standards and making sure that the product's consistent is, is huge. So most likely you guys will install this and the surrounding asphalt will start to crumble. Yeah, you see a lot of like the alligator cracking That'll and stuff happen, like right? that. And uh, it's, yeah, it, it, it's, it's tough. And again, like I'll, I'll do it. So we have a, a whole system for resetting manholes. So not just the asphalt, but the final parts, the asphalt, we cut around the manhole. And sometimes we'll cut them. People are like, well, it's cracked there. And then you look around and you go, well, where do we stop cutting sometimes? Yeah. You have to. It, it, it's hard. And, and there are, like I said, the, the, the climate, you can blame municipalities, these budgeting funds. The climate is conducive for destroying asphalt and concrete. It just is. Um, and I say that's why I ended up here. I worked for the UK company uh, from when I was 17 to 32, which is Instamac. They're in the UK. They're the market leaders with there isn't a municipality in the UK that doesn't have that product on the shelf. It's what they use. It's what they use. Eh? It's what they fix potholes with. And they, they were there a long, they've been going for 40 years and they got quite a cool story. Um, but when I, I worked different roles and as a sales rep out there and then the export role came up and I'm convinced this, I only got it because I was trusted. I had the guy who went before once came back from a trip to the Caribbean and the, my boss asked him what he'd got and he went this tan, uh, <laughs> which is funny if you've sold a load of stuff, but when you haven't sold anything and literally all you got was the tan. So I'm pretty sure I only ever got the job because he thought, well, he's, he's scared enough that he'll actually go and do work. Yeah, um, um, so when I looked with the other export guy, right, where do we go? He's like, well, North America is really the only place that Instamac doesn't have something. Okay. Brilliant. Well, I've always wanted to go to California. Texas is pretty cool. And the export guy just drew a circle around the Great Lakes and went, that's where you're going. That's pretty much it. Because the climate, everything is, uh, it worked out pretty well. I ended up moving to... Do they like replace their asphalt in the UK a lot more often than we do here? Well, it's funny. I just went back for Christmas and I came back and my old boss, he just retired. So we went for, we went for lunch and caught up and um, I couldn't believe the state of the roads in the UK. They're the worst I have ever 
ever seen. So that. whenever I'm seeing some sort of content of some sort, like I see it and I'm I'm seeing pristine, beautiful black yeah, yeah. asphalt. Yeah. Are they just showing the pretty parts? Yeah, and, and I guess it depends on budgets. But look, where I'm from, typically they it's it's not poor, it's not super rich, but I'd never noticed the the roads be as bad. That bad. And huh? I obviously doing what I do, I'm always looking. So You're it's not something where you go, oh, I've yeah. never saw this, we've seen this before. hundred percent I would and and yeah, and again, I guess in the UK a lot of budgets have been cut and typically that's not a maintenance problem. It's more of a um it, it's the, the, the schemes, the they're not doing as much paving. Um, because typically, like the maintenance is a non-negotiable. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's minimum maintenance standards in Ontario. You have to go and fix stuff, um, and it's it's more the the bigger schemes, the repaving, because they're they're more costly. Those things, when when budgets are tight, things get cut. Um, like 2008, when there was a recession, Instamac in the UK, we had some of the best growth years um, because the projects weren't getting done, the repaving wasn't getting done, so th- there was more potholes I had to I had to get fixed. So it's it tends to be more of a, it, it, it's that, it, it, it's the the bigger stuff, the paving that isn't getting done as opposed to the, main, the maintenance is always going to get done. Because they look at the budget, I guess, of doing the overall pavement of like, yeah, oh, if then, we move on this, this is going to be the number and we can't get this approved, so then you know what, we'll keep on band-aiding this yeah, as and that, that's that's that tends to be... Yeah, looking at it, but they also they do come from separate budgets. But like the capital spend tends to be way higher, yeah. and like just to you know to pave a kilometer of road, it's pretty expensive yeah. compared to just sticking even my stuff, which is the expensive pothole filler, still way cheaper to put some pails of that in. So yeah, it's just weighing it all up, and um, I must admit I wouldn't know exactly how those decisions get made because uh, it's done way above the people that I go and see, honestly. But yeah, it's. Definitely in the UK, yeah. So everybody's basically got the problem. But I also get the sense that the US has a lot more, I mean, you you probably know this more than I do, they have a lot more concrete surfaces, road surfaces than asphalt surfaces, or is that not the case? Um, I'm not sure. You know what? I'm not sure. Probably not spent enough time. Maybe the the Southern. I'm thinking the Southerns. I I see a lot of concrete. Here, like Windsor, Mm. a lot of concrete, awful lot of concrete. Um, It was. One of the concrete companies there, they're almost used as a bit of a, a guinea pig, I remember someone telling me, and, and, and trialling. But um, the 407, there's a lot of concrete on the 407. concrete, yeah. Um, the, the, the thing is, if you look, I, I drive the 407 quite a lot. Uh, I shouldn't say my boss will see this and they'll know where the bills <laughs> are coming out. <laughs> uh, I drive the 407 quite a lot. And you look at, often, when there's a hole that has appeared, what's in there? Asphalt. Asphalt. Yeah, yeah. Why don't that just put concrete? Well, put the, well funnily enough, uh, we're trying to do something with those guys because we have a quick set concrete that you could you can be back drawing. Yeah, you guys have a number minutes. of products. I was yeah, looking at the list different of things, things that you guys have. The asphalt's have, yeah. the baby, but yeah, yeah. we do uh, we do have, uh, on our side, it's a small range, but it, 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 we have sort of potholes, permanent restorations around utility cuts. We have a manhole repair system. And then um, we have a couple of concrete repair products for sort of sidewalk heaves. Um, yep. to, to just level it out. People use the asphalt, actually, uh, to do it, but the, the concrete's a way, way better product. Um, curb repairs, again, beauty of, of, of living here is the plows come in, destroy the, the curbs. I actually supply a landscape guy, uh, so he'll go and do all, the, do all the snow clearing in the winter, smash the curbs a bit, and he gets paid to fix it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a nice little gig, actually. It's a nice little, yeah. It's, totally, <laughs> and it's kind of fitting that we're talking today because over the holiday break, um, 
I was on a road. I, I'm trying to remember where I was, but it, you know how they do the cutouts in the pavement, and all of a sudden, normally you have construction markers letting you know that there's about a two inch drop there. Yes, yeah. right. But there was no construction marker saying anything. So oh. then I just thought it was just even surface, and I hit it, and it was hard enough that things fell from the sun visors and all kinds Jeez. of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like talking to somebody at the at the moment that it happened, and then sure enough, seconds later, tire warning. So I'm like, I already know what happened. I just yeah, exactly yeah, at that yeah. moment. And I was lucky enough that I have tire protection. So I just literally I had to drive to the dealership and it just fate worked out that it worked out really well. And he goes, let me just see if I got a tire and I'll replace it. But I think generally speaking here in Canada, if the road damages your vehicle, you can complain to the city Absolutely. at this point here that my vehicle was damaged as a result of this road surface here. hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You can. Um, and most of the municipalities, if you go on the website, they'll have um, a number and people make claims um, and they can get quite expensive. Yeah. And, and again, I've had um, customers who have been trying to go, oh, it's just too expensive, use a coal patch, use a coal patch. And then they've had a claim, it's a few grand, all of a sudden my stuff's very cheap. <laughs> uh, and, and we've actually had customers who've had that issue happen. Normally smaller municipalities, because if you're in a Toronto, Mississauga, even an Oakville, Burlington, you probably don't feel it, but some of those smaller ones, there's there's less lines of people. So the, the roads guy is probably getting it off someone who's had to pay a claim um, at a councillor level or something. So we, And it was a smaller municipality uh, in eastern Ontario, and they were like, you know what, send me, send me a skid of that stuff. We need to get these done properly. We can't be having another claim. And uh, sometimes What are we talking, twice the price here? No, about 10 times. 10 yeah, times yeah. the so, price. Which, which seems expensive, but to put it into context, uh, uh, one ton of coal patch, uh, someone might correct this now because I perhaps haven't, I've sort of, I don't even have the conversation anymore. No, you don't even deal with it but, anymore. Um, probably like, depending where you're getting it from and different things, but like anywhere from about 125 to 150 a ton um, for, the, for the coal patch. What's funny is hot asphalt is cheaper. There's not many industries where the best the raw material is cheaper, but then no, no, no. If you you to go and get a ton of hot asphalt, yeah, eighty to a hundred dollars maybe. Really? Yeah, but the problem the problem being again because of our climate, the hot asphalt plants start to shut down this time of year uh, because we've been quite mild. They've been going a bit longer, which I don't like because it's when that hot plants start to close down that people start to move over to our it stuff. Is, yeah. So because we've been quite mild up to Christmas, uh, okay, but normally at Christmas, regardless, they'll they'll shut down because you can't pave in this weather. And if nope. you're not paving, the volume isn't going through those hot asphalt plants to justify it. They particularly, they cost a lot of money to keep running. So it's all volume on those things. So um, yeah, they'll tend to move to ours during, during that time. But yeah, the, the hot asphalt is typically cheaper than the, the coal patch, mm. um, which is, yeah, there's not many industries where the best version of something would be the, be the cheapest. Mm. Um, but it's, again, I guess it's just due to, sheer volume and, and, and putting it through. But, yeah, the coal patch, yeah, say 120 to 150 and a ton of ours would be, yeah, about $1,500, maybe something like that, which is 40, 40-ish 40 pails, something like that. But it'll last a lot longer. It's going right? to last a lot longer. What I always say to people, and that's why 10 times seems expensive, that's why I like to put the numbers there so you can see. It still seems a lot, but I always say to people, you, you know, a typical pothole using maybe one or two pails, so let's say it's 100 bucks for, for ease. Um, two guys in a truck going back to that pothole every single week it's costing you way more that's than that's where the numbers come in yeah yeah and it, sometimes it's a hard thing to quantify as I say particularly with municipalities because sometimes what I'll get said back to me as well that those two guys in the truck I'm paying for them anyway yeah my then push back to that as well but you could be filling more potholes you could be doing other things 
um, just the public perception of keep going back to that one you can eradicate that so it's uh, that's sort of what you're, you're trying to push but yeah on initial look a lot of people and in the first 18 months two years I was here it was a, it was definitely a slog when you were going in selling that and you're telling people how much it was and sticker shock like yeah a lot of people just like no way I'm buying no. that no buying and I actually I remember meeting um with a with a guy uh, he'd been in cold Asphalt his whole life work for a pretty big company mainly in bulk um, and my boss, the owner of the company, they were doing some other, that he, he owned, we owned some pub mills and they were actually renting them to him so they could make the coal patch. And so we sat down and, and had a bit of a chat because this guy knew the market and he basically said to me, I actually don't even know that I was a, I'd moved over yet. That, look, I was coming, but I think I was still with my, my UK company and he said, you'll, you'll never sell premium cold asphalt in Ontario. The market just doesn't want it. And look, for me, that was that driver. Like, oh, yeah. I'm going to prove you wrong. And, yeah. But there was the first 18 months, two years, I was like, hey, you could have a point here. But it's, it's just reinforcing the message and just uh, it's being in front of people. You and guys guess, are growing. The market yeah. share is there now, right? It's, yeah, yeah, we're getting there. We still want a lot more. We still mm, always, always want more. But 100%, like, we've come, come an awful long I, way. I can only assume that the roads have gotten worse. Um, the quality, I guess, of the hot? No, I mean... Is it yes or no? Like, is, is it more of just, I guess... It's not temperatures. We're not getting colder. We're not getting more extreme. No, no, no. I mean, I, I got to admit, I don't think, I mean, it doesn't suit my case for the product maybe, but I don't think the roads are too bad in Ontario. Okay. Overall, don't get me wrong, you'll go to some, like we're in Stony Creek, so Ham Hamilton has some bad roads. And yep. actually, the CAA do uh, worse roads every year. They do a thing. Who's on the list? Uh, Hamilton? It, Hamilton's always Hamilton's number on one. the list, huh? Hamilton's always number one. Uh, one of their <laughs> roads is always number one. Yeah. Um, and again, I guess... Bigger city, I, 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 no, I couldn't. Yeah, I'm not quite sure exactly why. Toronto, Toronto has some bad ones, and again, the, the, the bigger the municipality, the, the likelihood that you're going to have worse roads. It's it, you know, it, it, it does make sense, but you um, can't do roadways with streetcars or LRTs and then have a small narrow patch of asphalt, and you have that vibration going on. Vibration on joints daily. as well. Yeah. Every time there's a joint, it's a weak spot. Um, it's it's asking for trouble. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like the yeah the Toronto Toronto is just again. I actually don't do much in Toronto anywhere near like what I'd, I'd, I'd like to, to say. Talk about those layers and for the longest time till sort of middle of last year, it was I was the only salesperson or external salesperson. So you had that much to do that if you weren't getting attraction with someone, you just put it down and go. Well, I'll go somewhere yeah. else because I've got yep. that many. Whereas now we're at a point where actually. We need we need to force the issue with some of these people, and, and Toronto is certainly one of the targets. But not just the city themselves, like you said, you've got the LRT yep. or the TTC. There's yep. so much maintenance. We've we've just started supplying some stuff to uh, to the GO stations because uh, again, they have even just the parking lots and things. Yeah, like that. it's uh, um, no one really pays attention to it. They just assume it's always just like someone else's problem. Yeah, they're yeah, figuring yeah. it out. Yeah, and yeah, absolutely. So they don't realize how valuable that, that material is, right? 100%. But the business has been around almost as long as I have. I mean, since yeah, 72, right? celebrated our 50 years last yeah. year. But wow. the core business, like I say, it's a pretty cool story. The core business is dust control, which uh, when I first met Daily, so I was with my UK company, I was the export guy. I was looking for partners and met a ton of different companies the first time I came to uh, to Ontario. Um, met with Daily, do dust control. 
hell's dust control? I had no idea. And I remember going back to <laughs> really spray stuff down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't even know that, to be honest with you. And of course, you're in the UK and you, we don't we don't get the climate in the UK that needs dust control. So when you Google it on a UK, it just comes up like people that have got uh, fans and, and systems to take out dust inside buildings. So I remember going back to my boss and again, I met a ton of different companies, but really liking uh, daily. And he goes, well, what do they do? And I'm like, yeah, I'm still not 100% sure on that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's, it's uh, spraying uh, liquid calcium on unpaved roads. So, again, something you don't get in the UK. But here... As contractors, we know safety is crucial at all times. But having team members not follow or even worse, know safety protocols can cause us unneeded stress and anxiety in the workplace. So how can we better deal with this and all other challenges we face daily, such as having to call the entire team to make sure jobs get done safely or update team members one by one about new training they need to complete in order to stay safe and compliant, only to then have to track who read or didn't read the documents and manage all that information. Yes, we deal with a lot. That's why I suggest you use Connect Team, a platform built for managers for its many different capabilities built to ease communications and operations, helping you get a live overview of your business while giving your employees one simple central app for work. Connect Team has a free plan and a 14-day free trial. Try them today by checking out the link in the show notes. If there's below a certain number of vehicles that traffic a road over a course of a year, they don't pave it because, again, it's a cost justification. It's cheaper to keep it as a gravel road yep. and, and maintain it that way. So we go and spray. Uh, we have we, we do pretty much everything. That's where people are probably recognizing the trucks. You see the trucks around. See the trucks around. The logo 100%. daily yeah, on yeah. it. And that's what we're known for. And that's they're spraying what, it down, yeah. For those first two years, I would, like now I call it Smack from Daily Pavement Products. Yep. At the beginning, it was just Matt from Daily. They'd think I was coming to talk to them about the dust control. <laughs> and it was my way to get in there. And then go, well, we can talk about that. And But I'm actually here to try it. And, and um, so sort of, the, I guess, the way that the, the owners looked at it is that's a summer business. And Potholes typically is a winter business. So they it never quite worked out that way. But the idea was that they would sort of offset each other. But if you're trying to grow a product, you need to be on it all year, every day of the year. And... Uh, but yeah, that was what they did. They did dust control. And when I was looking for a partner, our number one aim is potholes. So yeah. municipal roads departments, public works, they're the people you want. Daily's database was exactly that. And 99% of the time, the guy that looks after dust control is also looking after filling the potholes on the yeah, other roads. So it was, a, it was a real good fit from a company point of view. And they also have an environmental division. And uh, so... Um, Daily is David and Leanne's brother and sister. It was their father who um, started it. Started it and he named it. Was Daily he an actual guy? No, 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 no. He's all dust control. Oh, he was. Just he all was dust all dust control. control. So back in in the seventies, I love hearing about that. Like the, the, how that brainchild. Came yeah, how out it came. This, and these, I, well, I, I use this in my presentations. I think yeah. it's quite a cool little story. But so back in the day, I used to use car oil use car oil that's how you'd suppress yeah. the gravel on the road so yeah. he'd go around like he had big ones like gm and stuff like that but he'd go around to all the car garage pick up their waste oil put it on the road and that was the dust suppressant and then sort of late 80s early 90s environmental health decided that's probably not you probably shouldn't be doing that so then but it worked it worked yeah yeah <laughs> and and we still do virgin oils and not nasty oils, we still put them down and they are by far the best. Again, a lot more expensive, but by far the best uh, solution. Um, but so then he had to sort of, I think he's sort of scrambling around for a year or so trying to find um, 
an alternative to, to his oil and eventually found... This um, would have been the 70s? Or no, this was sort of late 80s, early, uh, even early, okay. no, late 80s, I think it was, late 80s. And that's where the calcium came? And that's where the calcium, but the calcium company didn't want to deal with him at first. And he had to really prove himself that I can sell this stuff and I can do it and, and do the applying and eventually work with them. And now they've got, they got bought quite a few years ago by Oxy. So Oxy are a huge chemical company. What were they using calcium for? So then. calcium, the reason they have calcium is their biggest thing is natural gas. They frack. And calcium is a byproduct, ah, byproduct of fracking. Of it, that's why. Yeah, okay. but it actually, it comes in uh, like a solid flake or pellet form. Yeah. That So so they had all this waste that they need to get rid yeah, of. Yeah, essentially, essentially that's what it is. And um, then you, but it is it's it's it is a real commodity. So it, it, it's not something where they're trying to get rid of it. They've got a lot but of demand for it. Calcium doesn't damage the soil. or the It's better. It's definitely a way, way, way better than salts oh, and different yeah, things. So, yeah. um, but we predominantly here, in, so in Southern Ontario, it's pr predominantly dust control. So they add water to it, mix it. I'm really simplifying something that's quite complicated, but um, that's what they do. Um, we buy, buy, buy the barge load uh, from uh, Ludington in Michigan. It comes up the lake. We have um, tanks. You know, we have a big place in Godridge, uh, Johnstown, Ontario. Okay. Because um, the, the cost actually is the trucking. It's not the liquid, the biggest yeah, cost. So it's right. about having tanks in the right places. So yeah. we cover an awful lot of Ontario. Um, but yeah, so going back to the story, uh, David and Leanne's dad, he, he um, sourced it, found the liquid, great. But now he's left picking up all this used oil that he was doing for people and he got nothing to do it. So the environmental division... That's where that came from. That's where you guys, yeah, because so you guys are handling that as well. So too. they handle that, treat it, um, uh, make sure that uh, anything bad's taken away. And then the, the water, which is good quality, can go back and be down the drains and used properly. So it's about treating it, getting it to the right. So you guys are separating it as well? Yeah, they, they do everything in our environmental. And the environmental division's really grown since I've been there. Uh, the, the, the guy that runs that started, I think, just a few months before me. And, and really, the, it was always sort of, we just got this business because we got left with it from years ago. Um, whereas I think the last probably 10 years at least, they've really grown it. And, and that's a market, a space that's really grown. I think, again, laws get tighter. Things that we used to probably just throw away. And yep. Everything's got to be yep. uh, treated properly or disposed of in the right manner. And we do that. So, yeah, very different, like completely different. Like my business in the dust control, we have a real overlap like I go and do joint calls with their salespeople because we go and see the same people. Whereas yeah. the environmental is very separate. It's, it's a very dirty business. Um, but they're the, they're, that's how that all came about, which is pretty, I think it's a pretty neat story. You got sort of left with it and now he's got these two different Well, it's businesses. nice that he came up with like he was building a business, but he realizes that there were certain details of that business that needed to change and modify. And then he ended up expanding the business by helping with the modification absolutely which is brilliant yeah right? yeah absolutely and then it, the the dust side of things is it went from strength to strength over the years and uh it's it's a it's a real profitable business what again is quite unique about it is that probably do about 80 percent of the revenue between april and end of september something like that that's a when short season yeah man. yeah yeah it's a, it's 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 it, it's funny when i was still with with my uk company and and trying to get daily to sign up to be our uh, licensee be our partner we we actually did some demos with the city of toronto it's going back this was november 2015 uh, we did some demos so i went my first trip here saw loads of different partners and went to see a guy at the city of toronto and he was like oh if it's that good 
you'll do it on the gardener. And I had no idea what the gardener was. I was like, yeah, it'll be absolutely fine. So I come back. Gardener's a Frankenstein <laughs> of something. It's, yeah. 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 But we came back. We, we ended up doing the demo. We got on there and I'm standing on it. It's just like, we're like, well, this is going to be a test. This really is going to be a test. Um, and we we did the demo, um, and the the guys were like, okay, well, there's there's a big um, sort of trade show. I don't know if you call it, but it's called the um, Good Roads. It used to be in February. It's just moved to April, and it's at the Fairmont every year, and okay. huge turnout. Um, uh, like you get everything from councillors, the mayors, to the road supervisors, and and, and everyone. So used to be in February, they're like, we'll see you at that at February. So I was like, okay, I've got to make sure I come back for that. And if the stuff's still in then, we'll order some. And that, so it was, they did. Um, and it's the last order I ever got from the city of Toronto, believe it or not. Mm. <laughs> There's a whole story to that I won't go into, but yeah. yeah. Um, but so daily went, okay, well, we'll, we'll order a container's worth if, to supply that one skid and then we'll get selling the rest. So they did that. That was in the March sort of, Reach back out because I'm like, well, April, um, let's come out. Let's do some more demos. Silence, nothing. It's April, May. June. No but it worked. Back. No one's getting back to me. So I'm a bit concerned. Like I, I thought daily. I thought I'm getting there with these guys. They want to be our partner. Yeah. Nothing. So I'm like, Ugh. anyway, it sort of gets to end of July. I get a call back from David, the owner. Dust control season. Everyone just shuts down on anything. It's just fully, we are, because it's, you, you've only got those few months and so you you can't have probably as many people as you'd love because you have to have them for the course of the year where there's months where you're not that busy. So it's just all hands on deck for those few months. So once they came out of the season, yeah. it was like, oh, we can talk again now. But it was like, for me, it was the strangest thing. But yeah, even now I still find it funny that it's... Like, we all have seasonality to our businesses, and particularly into construction. Um, but... So it's just, yeah, all hands to the deck, and that's that's the dust control. They do own a company, however, up in Quebec, um, which does the same thing, other than they're mainly winter. So in southern Ontario, it doesn't get cold enough for long enough often to spray the calcium on the road, because if you spray it on the road, and again, I'm sort of talking about stuff I don't know loads yeah. about, but you spray it on the road and it warms up too quickly, it's dangerous, it turns into a bit of an ice rink. Oh. Whereas when you're up in eastern Ontario, Quebec, it does stay cold enough for long enough. So they actually use it almost as a de-icing method, not just like rather than just putting salt down. And then the other thing that we do do here as well is they actually coat the salt in calcium. So it, it aids with the melting, but it also reduces the bounce. So it saves your salt use. So when you, you coat it with calcium, it, it doesn't tend to bounce off into the verges and onto the sides. It stays in place. It stays in place. Yeah, and that's calcium as well. So it, it's got multitude of, of uses. It's used actually... We supply a lot of the concrete uh, companies because it's used as an accelerator in yeah. the winter. Yeah. So yeah, there's there's quite a few different um, uses for it actually. Um, but you got to adapt. You got to adapt with the weather that we have going absolutely. on here. Right? Absolutely. So yeah. So that that's that's the core business, um, and I definitely have piggybacked on that uh, for a long time, um, growing our business. Like I say, because we just have such a, a, an overlap of, of roads municipal roads department so all the r&d and the tech and everything is still canadian based or is it no the r&d side is the uk it's yeah the UK yeah side. so okay. we're, we're basically their licensee they're the owner of the whole they're a they're a hundred million dollar company they're huge like are I they say. expanding uh, they're all over europe as well or? um yeah but they do most of it so they they either have distribute like they're in the uk that's them Anywhere outside of the UK, they either have distribution partners. So in Europe, it's you can or you could prior to Brexit, you could move material super easy 
across okay. into France, Germany, all those places, and cheap. So it was for those customers, obviously setting up a plant, like um, daily, probably put a million and a half dollars into building the whole thing. Like I say, it's a it's high tech, it's quality controlled. Yeah. So it's not, so if you can ship something cheaper and quickly, you might as well just distribute it rather than manufacturing it. And uh, I can tell you from, it's fairly simple to manufacture, but it doesn't mean we don't have a problem every single week. We've, we've no. not with the product, but just with the equipment and with all sorts of stuff. Um, so a lot of the European companies distribute it. They don't manufacture it because it just it's easy to do. But then once you get outside of Europe, the only way that we can make it work is, is to manufacture it. The first two years we didn't. We shipped finished product from the UK factory. The problem is that with that is the busiest time of year tends to be winter. So you're shipping product that really needs to be stored indoors in the mm. winter it's on a, a sea can in the middle of the ocean in winter so by the time it got to us it was already rock hard and cold how sometimes i think how we managed to create enough demand with that product because it performed that that was the saving grace it performed so well and it yeah. lasted um but here particularly the municipalities it, it, like the workability if, if the stuff doesn't just flow the guys are just going to go, I'm not using it. Like you, you're trying to make the, the guy's life easier and then you give them this rock hard product. It's, it's, it's not what they want, but we managed to get through and we, so we made the decision earlier than probably the numbers justified to manufacture, but we knew if we didn't have the product fresh here, it just, it wasn't a long-term solution, but yeah, Instamac in the UK, they've got licenses. Japan's the biggest one. The, the Japanese license, he has five factories. Wow. And they have such different climates all over uh, Japan in different islands. That's they have like each product is slightly different in its specification. Um, and because again, even here we we've sort of got a handle on it. But in the, in the early days, uh, we had some issues going from winter to summer. You were still testing there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and we were out. learning on the go really. Yeah. And I remember um, one of the the first sort of, I guess, real big bits of work we got was Holton Region. It was still a good customer of ours. They had uh, six manholes that were being redone on Brant Street. At the time I was living in Waterdown. Mm -hmm. So I was just, we, we did it. I was so look for me, that was, it was a big job at the time. And I was so proud. I was like, brilliant, we got it. Every day I was driving up Brant Street home just to check on it. And then uh, about two weeks in, um, I just, uh, driving up, I can just see black, wheel tracks all up there and I knew I just knew it was my stuff I was like shit and it was and um, so I was like oh I'm in complete panic I ran the contractor I said you're going to have to call them like this has gone back he goes do you think it'll just go away like, this isn't going away no. <laughs> we got to we got to do something here um, what had happened and I always say they're still a customer at the beginning so that we know that we did sort something out but um, the way at the time we were adding the liquid it was by volume so in the summer, I look, we're drying. It's, it's, it's so hot in our factory because it, we're drying aggregates. We, um, the liquid was expanding. Time to sign up for Phil, the free construction marketplace and load tracking app for developers, engineers, and all contractors working in the civil construction industry. One other thing to mention is business and facility listings. Phil has the most complete database of quarries, pits, plants, and depots in Ontario, including all of the big names. So if you're looking for concrete, stone, asphalt, whatever, you'll be able to find it. You can also add your business listing or claim it. It might already be on the map. 
Sign up for free on the website at www.getphil.app. That's www.getphil.app. You can also search Phil in the App Store. So if you imagine the way it was being, it's like imagine like a windmill with little cups, little one litre cups. Yeah. So it was just picking up one litre and adding, but that one litre, the volume was expanding. So we don't know to this day how much we were quite adding, but it was it was loads. Oh. So we were, we were basically putting way too much liquid in, in the cooler temperature. That was not the end of the world. And when you were filling a pothole with one pail, that's, you didn't really see it. It wasn't enough extra that it made. When you were doing around a manhole, you're using 10, 12 pails, all of a sudden that's a lot of extra liquid so it was like um like a sponge so when someone was driving over it that extra they were pressing down on it like you'd squeeze a sponge and the liquid was just coming to the top and then tracking everywhere but again and that's where like instamac were great like they helped uh, and as they should be i mean we're, we're we're sort of their licensee but they really were their knowledge and their experience and just knowing the prior i was in panic mode i was like i'm going back to the uk this has all gone wrong and, uh, and everything was taken care of but yeah they they, they knew yeah. what we'd done now we actually add by weight rather than volume um because the weight never changes but the volume did but it's funny um our one of our guys on the dust control side who's just sort of like a a jack of all trades, but a master of all as well. He just, he built our plant. He's brilliant. Through the oil with the liquid, he knew, he goes, I know, I'm sure I know what's happening. And it was through the dust control business. He said, we, because they, the dust control measures what they're spraying, what they're putting out. And that liquid would expand. So they think they've sprayed 20,000 litres, but they go, well, we've, we've lost 30,000. And that, and so he knew actually from things happening in the past in the dust control. So he was the one that brought it up first. So he was like, that's, I bet that's what's wrong. Uh, he's not someone, he'll never, um, he'll say it and he's always right, but he never pushes something. So we we went through all the chat and we did it properly. Instamac also like, we're pretty sure we know it's this, but we did this, 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 and this and did trials. And then two weeks later, we dug the ones out, redid it. And yeah, whole region have been a good customer since. But I remember being on that job when we were redoing them. And the guy at Holton Region said to me, he goes, thank you so much, he said, uh, for coming back and doing it. And in my mind, I was like, well, what was what was the, what was what the, was the alternative, other option? And he said, yeah. we've had things like this. He said, people just disappear, just go. And I was like, eh, if I knew that was an option. <laughs> like for me, <laughs> I, it just like you get it. Your, so your thought process was let's like, just I take even care of said, this. like, if, if we do this and it fails again for whatever reason, I'll pay a paving contractor to just come in and we'll get it. Do. Like it's not an option to yeah. to. Because yeah, you can't leave that there. No, no, no. That no. becomes your signature. Exactly that. Whereas right. now, actually, almost one of the best things that happened, but particularly with the region, because the word gets around. Yeah, they're and like, I'm sure that that contractor. I trust these guys. And, yeah, of oh, that that contractor now. He's probably my best salesman. Yeah, he does work in Guelph, Bramford, uh, Kitchener, and a lot of the, a lot of those places. I hadn't really pitched the product that much. He did but it. The word was getting. He it. did it, and yeah. he went, "I'm doing your manholes." I'm only doing it with the daily stuff. These are the reasons why. And now we supply those guys. And then often uh, they'll do maybe some in-house, but they'll also contract some. So the in-house people are now using it. So, yeah, it's amazing what it can. Is it like, Matt, is it, I mean, is it a stupid question to try to sell this to the municipalities where it's like, why not just do the whole road surface in this product? Or is that just way not cost effective to do it that way? That's the thing. A lot of people will always ask me. But if it's going to last. Yeah. Well, but so would hot asphalt is the truth. Yeah. Yeah. That, that like, and it's, it's so much cheaper, but people will always say, oh, how big a area can you, can you do with this? And I always say, um, the, the size you can do gets dictated by cost before performance. 
Okay. Um, so, it, it, yeah, you, you start really, typically a rule of about one metre square uh, tends to be that. But when you get to that point where you could go, well, I could go and get a ton of heart, come back. Because it's not just, sometimes it's not just the cost of the heart. It's if you're doing smaller work, which is where our stuff, like yep. in the, on the utility side, our biggest utility customer is the telecoms. Um, so the guys working for Bell, Kojiko, Rogers, putting all the fibre in, which the government put a lot of money into getting yeah. all the f- new fibre to the home. So because those they that fibre sits above all the other utilities, every, I think it's about 10 metres, they have to cut a daylight hole, which is a two-foot square hole, just to make sure that they're not blocking access to a water main or gas. Or, so you have to do those. They predominantly try and do them in grass or soft landscaping because it's cheaper and easier. However... You just can't avoid it. You end up Sometimes. doing driveways in the roads. Yeah. You use like a pail of our stuff. So there, the cost, even if you've got a whole subdivision and you're doing 50, 60 of them, the cost to send a guy to go and get the hot asphalt, come back, probably oh, use a tenth of it, then have to try and dispose of it, which tends to be more expensive than actually buying it. You've got our pails. You can literally do it there and then. You're one and done and you forget about it. You're not having to leave the job open. Come back at a different time. You get it, get it all done. So... Our, our, we're very much into the, the smaller things. It makes sense. Um, it but totally yeah, I, you can look. In the UK, I had a customer that, a uh, little island off the UK, Oil of White, and have an uh, asphalt plant, and he was buying loads. And I was like an internal salesperson then, but it just seemed a lot of stuff for us. So I called him, and he was building driveways with it. They, they don't have, unless they're repaving some roads, a mobile plant will come. There was, wasn't one due for like two years or something. So he just he was building a load of driveways with our stuff, and I was like, I'm not sure you can do that. And he goes, I've been doing it, and it's worked just fine. Um, so I was like, okay. So that really opened my eyes. I was thinking, oh, God, what was it then? Twenty maybe. Jeez, this stuff's pretty good actually. Because you're in the office, you're not out seeing stuff. You don't. No. It's the early days. You don't really know that much of what you're because you're just p- placing orders. You're not really selling at that point. So you don't really know what you're. But you're selling. getting this feedback from them. Yeah, that's what the guy was doing with yeah. it, and uh, he was like, "It works. It works great. I've been really pleased with it." Like, okay, so from a size point of view, you could definitely do big stuff. The only thing, like with a driveway, like you would if you were hot patching it as well, is you'd, you'd keep the car off it probably a week or so. Just because, again, going back to if you put in one pail, it's a small amount of solvent. You do one pail, it hardens really quick. You do thirty pails, it's going to take a little bit longer. You're still, you're still going to get, you're still going to get as hard, but you've got a lot more solvent. What's the coverage on a pail? Uh, one pail will do a two foot, uh, sorry, a four foot two by two area, so a four foot square area, yep, uh, an inch and a half deep. Okay, so that's what you get that's from one pail. pail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one pail that you brought us. Yeah, yeah. Really- no, I was just yeah. So that you'll get that much volume out of that. That yeah? much from one pail, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I know there's other products that you guys are yeah, selling so as well too, right? The other one, which is an easy one to bring along. This is actually the thing that people love the most. That's a tack coat in a can. So like when you're putting hot asphalt down, you see big barrels or drums or people painting it with the brushes yeah. to create a bond. Yeah. That's it in a can. You just spray it. Just spray it out of a can. Um, and that in the US particularly, like I don't do. Tons of, like we said before, the US is somewhere I really want to go. Um, probably 50% of my sales last year were with this product. Um, the, convenient, the, the that's lo- why. Yeah, clean, easy, convenient. Yeah. That's sort of what we say. And it, um, again, on bigger jobs, you're doing repaving whole roads. You're not going to do this. But smaller stuff, like I have paving com- contractors that buy this off me because on smaller jobs, it just makes sense. The, the drums and the pails, that they, they freeze up in the winter. They tip over. You've got to keep 
every time you finish with a brush for the day, it, it hardens up. Yeah, the hard yeah, to keep yeah, reusing yeah. it becomes a real pain. Uh, whereas, yeah, this stuff. Um, yeah. And the reason that we did it, going back to the UK years ago, way before I was involved, was we were pitching it to be a permanent restoration like I am now. So we're pitching it up against Hot Patch. Remember my Hot Patch? They would always put a tack coat down. Yeah. Well, they they use ours and no one would put a tack coat down. You're like, well, it's not very, that's not like for like, that's not, not fair. Oh, it's too much, because it, all of our stuff was smaller work, so they're like, it's too much hassle. We don't bother, we don't bother putting it down. So it's like, okay, so again, people at Instamac, very clever people, or, and thought, hmm, there's a market there. So like, let's make something that isn't a hassle, that is easy, and it's then convenient, man. Uh, and, and yeah, the, it's 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 that's it's pretty pretty neat, and that's the one people love. Look, we're at trade shows, and again, I'm all about the Asphalt. It's this that people, everyone, <sighs> and so now we get to a point at trade shows where I'll just stick a load of boxes in the truck because they'll buy they'll buy it. They'll buy right they'll there. Go, oh, there. I'll take a box. What's that retailing for? Uh, so that that's thirty dollars for a can, which again, you think mm, it's quite like five hundred linear feet from one. So it goes a hell of a long way. So the the, the five-gallon pails, it's about, I think, about 2.3, 2.4 of these to a five-gallon pail. So if you cost it up, it's this, again, is a little bit more, but you're paying for the convenience. But it's a convenience. And you don't get the waste. Yeah. And the, the biggest thing I say is the guys use it, particularly your municipal guys filling a pothole. There's no way they're getting a drum out, getting a brush and painting the pothole to fill a pothole. It's just not going to happen. No. This, and... Customers that maybe I haven't quite yet convinced to spend the extra money on this, they'll use this with their coal patch. Um, and that's the way that that's sort of their next level up of, well, I'm at least putting it down and it, yeah, it creates a bond between the new and the existing, but it also prevents water ingress through From the joint. Inside. And that's the biggest cause, particularly with repeat ones. So even if you don't want to spend the money on that, you can still spend the money on yeah, that. Yeah, this is, this is a sort of, I guess, a halfway house. Yeah. A uh, bit of a, a make way for it. But yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's it annoys me sometimes because that's what I want to talk to everyone about. But you go with what people want to... But eventually you start using that. You'll start using that. Well, that's what I always say. And like when I'm working with, with my, my new sales guys that I've hired, distributors in the US, I'm like, this, this keeps your foot in the door. Gives you a reason to keep speaking to them. And if they go, you know what, this stuff's really good. You only think this is good. I want to try the Asheville. You know, that, that's the real good stuff. So, yeah, we, um, um, we've, we've, so I think we've sort of ex accepted this a lot more than at the beginning. I was a bit like, no, no, I've so tunnel visioned on that. But yeah, this, this, um, this has been really, really good product. And I think we'll, we'll continue to do so, particularly in the US. It's, it's easy to ship a couple of cans of samples and, that really, it needs to be demonstrated, the asphalt. Yeah, I, I, perhaps because I'm a control freak, but I, I got told a long time ago, same guy I said who'd retired, you give people a pail as a sample, turns into footrests and doorstops. Um, people never use them. And, and it, it's right, whereas with this, people do. And, and so that's why we've done quite well with this in the US, because I can't be there like I'd love to be in going and seeing people. So, yeah, we'll send you a can. And people go use it. But how are you? How are people hearing about you guys? You guys are still door knocking, just yeah, yeah, pounding the pavement, quite literally, yeah, pounding, pounding yeah, the pavement, exactly, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, we go and do trade shows and and um, you network and speak to people, um, but like for me, I just I don't think anything beats going and seeing, getting in front of people, and and showing them. We sell through demonstration. We, I. The hardest part is getting the demo. Once we get the demonstration um, for pothole demos, we've got something like a sixty-five percent conversion rate, and and I would say the people that we haven't converted, they're not no's. 
Some might be, but the majority aren't no's. It's just, you know, people want to see a see how it goes for a year or see different different things. Um, but it's it's very much sell by demonstration. Get in front of people, and yeah, the first like. Uh, like we all do now, COVID sort of became a, a marker for stuff. But I I moved here in July 2018. Yeah. And up till sort of March 2020, I just, or every day I was out trying to, I, I like to book things. I like to speak to people and arrange it. Puts more, particularly it's such a big place you're traveling around. I want to be driving two, three hours because someone might be there. So I put a lot of effort into speaking to people, booking things yeah. and setting things up. Um, and then I do that on a Monday and then rest of the week I'm just gone wherever doing demonstrations putting stuff in um, and then of course COVID came and I, I remember feeling like it was such a role and I got to a point where I felt like and I keep telling my new sales guys this all the time I felt like everything was just booking itself it wasn't I was doing all the work but you were just everything and people were so interested in COVID came and it just sort of slowed stuff right down however what it did do often with the municipal guys you have to have a meeting to get a demo just it's yeah. a slower process and that's cool that's fine what it did help a little bit with during COVID was well often the only place we could ever meet would be outside so we could jump straight to the demos so that was quite good um but it, it definitely like slowed slowed the growth of the business and slowed a lot down. We, we grew in those years. And at the, that time, because it was so new, you were like, well, is this just what we're going to grow like? Is this, because this is what I came for. I came for it to be way bigger. Um, and then, yeah, once we sort of got out of it, the last two years have just been, been phenomenal. Been are really are Asphalt guys like very particular? Like, are they set in their ways? Yeah, municipal, municipal, because municipal guys, yeah, very much. Like, I, I like the is middle-aged white men. That's yeah, but pretty that's much, and that's what I picture, and, and that's what I see, yeah. And yeah, yes, yeah, very much stuck in the ways. Don't like change. No, we, no one likes change. And I, it's funny, I used to get so frustrated about the not liking change with, with my customers when I was younger and in the UK. I used to get so annoyed by, like, just give it a go. And, uh, and then I remember I got a new laptop. We moved from, I can't remember what they were, but to the surfaces. The HP, the Windows Surface, mm -hmm. for about three months. <laughs> and one day, I mean, I just I clicked and I went, "I'm them. I'm the it's change. I don't like the change." And um, and we're all like that. And and I think yeah, definitely. And trying to have a softly, softly approach and and being on the demos, like I think I'm pretty good people person. I hate it when people go, but I I come off demos and the accent helps. I can't I can't. I'd love to say that, say that I'm the best salesman <laughs> ever and I can do it all, but the, the accent 100% helps and it, it breaks the ice. And, and the beauty of being here is probably every third person I speak to, either the parents or the grandparents were British anyway. So it, it, just getting on with them and, and like I, the amount of times I'll go to demos and you can tell the backs are up already. And because th there's sometimes a perception which is completely wrong, but well, if this stuff's so good and it fills all the potholes, we won't have a job. And it's like, there's plenty of piles. There's plenty yeah. of piles. There's plenty of other things. But sometimes that can be a bit of a perception with it. Um, and uh, Or even just, like, do we need as many people? Like, I remember doing a catch basin uh, in Welland just before Christmas. And with ours, typically you, you, you can keep the cut much smaller because they cut it bigger because they're using a ton of hot asphalt. Yeah. They need to get the compaction tools. Well, we, we pour our concrete to the last two inches and then just, just do the, the asphalt as the last lift. So you don't need to do the big cuts. So the guy in the backhoe is not needed. The guy in the backhoe on this one, he was not was not happy at he all. He was not happy about it. Because all of a sudden I'm... Was he being sent stuff. home? Well, no, no, no he stayed uh, around. Because yeah, okay. we're on a demo and, and, yeah. and, and do stuff. But like, he, you could tell. He thought, well, I'm not need. Well, he said it. Well, so you don't need me. 
yeah, the backhoe gets used for lots of other stuff. You don't just need mate, uh, these, but but by the end of it, we started talking. He's his girlfriend or something uh, was from the UK originally, and we were talking about some TV shows. And by the end of it, he's going to his boss. Like, you need to get this stuff in. So it's just, I think that's the biggest thing with them is just understanding and and, and sport as well. Again, middle aged white men, most of them do like sport. So if you can. You can find you those levels. You just connect with them at a certain point. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But I just when I say that they're setting their ways, and it's not just the asphalt guys. There's other trades that are setting their ways, like drywalls are the same way. It's just everyone's just setting the ways with the products that is already been given to them, mm. and they're just that's it. They and they almost don't want to embrace anything new. So it's it becomes a challenge for you when you come out with something that's better. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's, it's going to make their work go faster and maybe even last longer. And that, and that's yeah, that's what you're always trying to trying to get to them. And again, you can go. Every municipality is different in every every way. It, it, it's weird. There's there's not a like a cookie cutter where you can go right. This every municipality. This is what they do. Everything's so different. And that's a big thing that I found in the UK. It was a bit more. Everything was very similar. And I think it's because smaller country. Um, so everything's on top of each other, and, and everywhere you went was pretty similar. Whereas here, like I always like when I'm up uh, sort of in eastern Ontario, and, and one of my best customers, not quite east, more central, I guess, but is Bancroft. They buy loads, tiny little municipality, buy loads of stuff from me, and and love it. Think it's the best thing ever. Um, I go to places like that, or even uh, that's a bit more, I guess people know that but you go to some smaller places that, yeah. and you think just the difference between say like toronto to these well, but you, you don't really get that in the uk just in in every way in the demographic in i, I just find it fascinating i really do like and i think sometimes to, to some of these people that live in toronto even though some of these places exist not in the country you live in in the province that you live in it's such a different world know, and I, I that know. you don't get in that in that in the uk and i love that like i, I do a lot in northern ontario um, and you see there, and you're just like, it's a whole different world, whole different world. And is I, it an easier sale in Northern Ontario? Yeah, because I would assume it is. Yeah, you have, you just don't have the options. So for Toronto, Toronto, the best example, um, Coco Asphalt, which are pretty well known. Um, uh, actually, not I don't know that the Coco anymore. They've been bought by someone, but that's the plant that stays open in Toronto year round. Okay. So s- sort of city of Toronto can, if they want, have access. Asheville year round you go to Timmins contractors it's time to empower your business with Shelta tech implementation Shelta is offering a free meeting to tackle your biggest pain points head-on their goal to develop a custom company app that's built just for you solving your pain points streamlining your processes making your workday smoother Here's the scoop. There's a $15,000 digital adoption grant available and Shelta is an expert at helping you secure it. This isn't just funding. It's your stepping stone into a new era of digital efficiency. By your second meeting, you'll get a tailor-made company playbook, a software prototype designed with your input, project tracking, real-time budget management, and daily logs all integrated into a single app. It's tech that works for you, not the other way around. Shelta isn't just offering tech. They're offering transformation. Join the community of 93 subcontractors who have already stepped up their game with Shelter Tech. Two meetings, countless opportunities. Ready to make a move? Visit Shelter.app. Let's pave the way to a smarter, tech-driven future. Shelter Technology, custom tech solutions for the modern contractor. Look, even in peak season, China, there's Asheville's open, but the volumes aren't as big and they're fighting with some of the paving guys who have an even smaller window to pave. So everyone's battling for this 
sort of small time frame to get in and, and, and do work. So, again, City of Timmins could maybe send their guy uh, and he's waiting behind six paving trucks to get his stuff. Um, so he could be sitting there for a couple of hours. So he's getting paid to do that. He gets there and they go, ah, actually, so-and-so is working. They've got all the asphalt today and he's just wasted it. So they can eradicate that. For, again, on larger work, you still need it, but often they use contractors, those same contractors that have got first dibs on it. Um, but on stuff around manholes, around catch bases, smaller cuts, they, see, your team has just go straight to us. I remember I did two years ago, I did a trip because Timmins was sort of as far as I'd gone. Um, yeah, two Which summers. Which is a good distance. It's a good distance, yeah, yeah. but I've, I've done everything now. So two summers ago, I, I drove to Timmins on a Sunday started it and drove all the way, basically all the way to Winnipeg, hitting every bigger municipality or, or all of them. So like, trying to think where I did, but like uh, Kappa Casing was the start. and uh, But like Green, so I remember going to Greenstone, um, trying to think where else, obviously then to Thunder Bay, Wawa and all these different all places. Over, man. And uh, Pioneer is the big sort of contract construction company up there. And a guy at Pioneer actually gave me a list of some of the, or some of the utilities and people that he does, like real, like the two by two, small, small. He goes, if you could take those off me, he said, because they cost me money. I've got to do them, but those jobs cost me money. If you can go and see those guys and show them your product, get it approved by the municipalities, and the municipalities up there are much more open, actually, which you wouldn't think you go, you, you normally think you go further afield to these people. But I think, one, it's sometimes just pleased to see people. They're, they're not pleased to see people, but they're, they're like quite... Grateful that someone's made the effort to go and they don't and feel that like you're trying to sell them. Sometimes, sometimes yeah. I think it's a bit of that, um, and so they're a bit more open into a, open to approving it as a permanent restoration, uh, which is the biggest biggest challenge. Um, and and yeah, and this uh, pioneered guy was just like honestly, look, they, these, these things cost me money. I I I prefer if you took them off me. So we've we've done so. Find Northern Ontario is really really good. Look, we we supply stuff right up to Kenora. Um, so City of Kenora buy stuff from us, um, oh. which is a big old drive, which is why when I look at the US and in, I can't think what the distance is to Kenora now. I can't think what it is, but, it's, but if you look at the amount of US cities that you, you can, can hit in that, in that same, same space, you're like, um, uh, God, there's, there's an awful lot. Um, and it's pretty easy to move stuff, really. You, that borders, we have pretty good uh, trade agreements between everyone, so it's pretty easy to move everything. But yeah, I did that. I went all the way up to Winnipeg, and met a guy who's ended up being my distributor in Manitoba now and selling the stuff and drove that way. And that, I must admit, that was, uh, it's not a nice drive. However, on the way back, I, I came down Lake Superior and hit up like Marathon. I'm trying to think what other municipalities, but there was a few other municipalities along the way that way down. That was a beautiful drive. I was like, oh, I really enjoyed that one. Um, and so I've seen all of Ontario doing the job and getting around. But it, yeah, it's just pounding the pavements. Getting Did you know that there was like this much pounding the pavement that was going to be going on? Well, it's funny. When I, when I saw, yes and no. I knew it needed it. When I moved here, I moved here uh, running a team of two sales guys. Um, unfortunately, those two guys, neither of which had ever, ever, ever done sales before, which was, again... My brother, you probably won't appreciate me saying it on here, but he always says that was that was my fault. We had um, people within the business that wanted that wanted an opportunity to do something, and they were either going to leave, and he was like, "Well, we'll, we'll give you the opportunity." And and I think I uh, if they'd started probably six 
eight months before I got here. Yeah. Uh, I think if they'd started, we'd all started together and they followed my methods. Unfortunately, they'd got here, decided they got away. They're not in things. anymore? But they, no, no, they'd no. gone in the yeah. nicest possible way. The, the yeah. one guy actually was, he was very good. He lived, he lived in um, sort of Port Colburn, but was going to the US and it's just, it's, it's expensive to do that. And it's like, we need to grow this here, develop mm -hmm. it here before we start going into the US. And when I wanted him to come back in, he liked to go and travel. <laughs> um, but but no, no, neither of them uh, ended up stopping. So And I was like, you know what? I'm not even going to hire. Like, we weren't selling very much at all. We weren't covering the first year I was here. We, it was a lot of money that we it cost us, which is, you know, that's when you start new businesses, that's, that's what it's happens. Curve. Yeah. Um, but I was like, right, I'm just going to go out. And, and actually, I think I came thinking, well, I've sold the stuff in, in the UK and I'd done a few calls with, with daily over the, the 18 months or so. But the market's so different. And it's like, it's actually going to be really hard for me to tell someone this is how you go about selling it and doing it. When actually I've really not done that much of it myself. So it was just like strip it all back to basics. I just went out, pounded the pavement. And I mean, uh, I hired my first guy in August last year. So it was it just been me doing everything. And that's North America. Like I've got distributors in New Jersey, um, in some guys in the Midwest. Uh, for this stuff, I have, I work with a company actually called Sealmaster. Okay. Um, which are a big US company. They have... Um, they're, they're like mainly into the ceiling, but anything from the guy doing the driveway to real large, large level, like whole parking lots. And so they, they do all, all sorts of stuff um, and they distribute this product for me. Um, they've got places all over the US. And we're not in everywhere, but we're in a big chunk of them. So like I, last March, I went down to, to California and hit all the, all the places in California. But you guys are also in professional supplier stores. You're not in... We, no, we well, we, we're not in any of the box stores. No, and, no, and that's, that's what I mean. No. That's, um, that's by design. Little bit. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm a, I, 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 we've, we've sat down and had conversations with some of them. Um, the way that they do stuff... Um, it, 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 like it, this stuff has a shelf life. Yeah. Um, and also you go into any of those box stores and they've got a bag of cold patch, cheap cold patch. Um, and if you're Joe public, you walk in there and you see a bag for 15, by the time they've put their bit, mine's probably going to be 75, 80, like who knows way beyond and, what I and, judge. And homeowners will not yeah, touch you it. You know, I say if I could stand at every aisle and go, I know what you're about to do. Let me tell you why you should use this <laughs> one. I think I could convert quite a lot of them. Um, but you, you have to hire that. somebody to do that, yeah, stand yeah. there and do that. And, and, it, and it just doesn't move. And I, I've spoke to um, in the, a couple of manufacturers in the US that are perhaps more on the premium side. Uh, one of them, he buys this and I label it up for him and it's his own thing, which I don't think you mind me saying. Um, but um, so I have good relationships with those, I guess, competitors, uh, if you like. And we, we talk and one of those guys, he supplies some stuff into the big box stores and what he it's hard it's hard with the your you absorb all the cost so yeah. like as an example um without naming any of that who, who's who but you, they put that in once it hits the shelf life you then have to cover the cost of that but not the cost that they bought it from the retail price so it's like which which is if if there's no other asphalt option and that's all that's there I'm fine with that. If that's what it is, that's what it is. But when you're that's giving people case, options, yeah. um, especially a much cheaper one, like with, that's how our minds work. And I, like I spend all day um, preaching, you pay more, you get better. 
but there are things and I'm I'm a lot better as I've got older but there are still things in my life where I'll cheap out on and do that and people people have got a hole in the drive it's not a priority you know the the stuff in the backyard when they go to these big box bars is what they'll spend the extra money on trying to get that filled and that, again they don't know that mine's going to last better and that's going to come out but the way it's cost even you could even look at it and go well if it comes out tomorrow I'll buy another bag I'm, I'm actually probably still better off and that, that's that's the problem with that side of things. I'd never say I wouldn't because um, the volume and the potential, but it's sort of, it would have to be on my terms, which I don't think will ever happen. And I'm certainly not big enough to dictate that now. But even Instamac in the UK who are big enough, they don't work with any of the big box stores. It doesn't make any sense. And I just, I'm just trying to figure out how the pros would do some research on their own and go online to compare yeah. your product to other competitors. Other things, right? Yeah, I mean, it's because genuinely in, in Ontario, there really is not a direct competition. It's we almost are, a, it's literally you boots on the ground. Yeah, you're you're and, approaching people and talking to people. And I'm pretty much the only guy selling cold asphalt yeah. that's knocking on doors. There's there's a couple of other companies that do sell it in bags, but it, it it's, forms part of a range of, of other things that they do and... Again, most of the guys that I guess I'm competing with, they're selling in bulk. So they're selling tons in, in bulk. Um, so it, it, it's not a direct competitor. So one of, one of my distributors um, in, like, I don't really have distributors in Ontario, but in, in other parts of Canada, they, they, they manufacture bulk coal patch and they, they sell mine because um, they're one. Uh, the customers, it doesn't always do the job because it's it's cold patch. So yeah. we'd like a, a better uh, version, and that's where that's mine, where mine slips in. in. So for me, like, uh, and I've had conversations with all of the, all of those cold patch guys because we speak to them. You, you see them at trade shows. I, I always say I don't think we're I don't think we're competitors. I, I like not in a, a horrible way. We're after different markets, and as much as I'd love to take all of their business. The co- it's just not going to happen. Not there. If you're a municipality and your uh, cold asphalt budget's fifty grand a year, mine all of a sudden makes it half a million. It's not going to happen. No. And and I'd be a liar if I said I didn't want that. I'd love that, but it's also being realistic of where it fits. You got to like, look at the market. You yeah. got to look at exactly how everything, how you guys. And, uh, yeah. And, and you know, if I've got a municipality buying somewhere between I don't know two to ten skids a year, depending on their size, I'm. Uh, you spread that over Ontario, and then you start looking into other provinces. I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy with that, um, and that's that's what our our business very much is. Um, however, if someone wanted to switch over completely, I certainly wouldn't put them off. <laughs> no, you got a lot of work ahead of yourself. I'm curious, Matt. Like, um, do you have an asphalt driveway, or you have an interlocking driveway? Me, mine's asphalt. asphalt. Mine's asphalt. <laughs> uh, mine's pretty new, though. Mine's my house was only built in 2014, although it's starting to fall. So apart. it's got the bare bones asphalt, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I. I there are times when I think, uh, when it's ready, although I hope I'm not living in that house when it's ready, but when it's ready, I'm going to try it. I'm going to, I'm going to put my stuff down. Well, you put it, because yeah. I was, that was, I mean, I would be tempted to put your whole, and do yep. it this way. That's what I'm going to, that's what I do. Yeah. yeah I'm, I, I want to put Because that way it'll, be, it'll actually last a very, very long last time. Last, and, and also just as a, uh, uh, The all new Kohler Home Generator. The most powerful, the most durable, the most customizable, and the quietest home generator you can buy. When it counts, count on Kohler. To show people, like a, like look. 
this is this is what I've done with mine. It's got my truck sitting on it all the time, and you can compare it. So when it gets to that point, I'll uh, I'll one hundred percent do it. But we're yeah, I'm a I'm a few years off. Have you guys tested this? I guess in the lab where it's um, can you seal it if it actually stays long? Yeah, you you absolutely can. What, okay. What what we tend to say. But sealing guys don't listen because I, I no because city guys will never seal it. There's no purpose. Oh, in yeah, no. But even the like the actual sealing, like the driveway sealing guys. Yeah. So the one I'm, I'm actually slightly like one distributor we do have. Uh, it's a company called Pavement Depot, and they're they're out in New Dundee, sort of Cambridge area. Okay. And they're again they're a seal, sealing company. They they sell the liquid. They do loads of different things. They're a really good company actually. But they do the the liquid. And they, they sell, again, to bigger people, but a lot of the driveway sealer guys that will come knock on your door and put the leaflet through and say, I'll, I'll do it for you, they sell a lot to them. So they they uh, they actually, they're a good example. Going back to the big box stores, that's what they did. They got rid of the coal patch and just stuck mine, and they sell loads of it. Really? Um, they do, yeah, yeah. So they, they sort of were a bit, I guess, a bit brave. And I think initially maybe they did keep a bit of coal patch around, but every time someone went to grab it, they went, go and take one of those. I know it costs more money. Go and take it, and, and they... They don't keep coal patch anymore, more, yeah. and they they just keep mine. But yeah, they um, they have a lot of those driveway seal guys come in, and I always say to them because it is a cure and it's a solvent release. Ideally, at least give it a couple of weeks, um, because what can happen is as that solvent's trying to get out, it could lift it. Yep. I've never seen it happen on on those sealers, but we used to sell, or we, they still do in the UK, sell a resin product. It's like a, an anti-skid. So when you're coming up to a to a to a stop, it was this anti-skid. You don't really see it here, but in the UK it's very common. And um, you basically put the resin down and you put a bauxite aggregate down. And then they tend to be reds and greens, so they're bright colours and it, yeah. it sort of sees. And then if people hit the brakes, uh, you get quick, a little bit it, more traction. A bit more, yeah, a bit more. Um, and so if you went, a utility company dug through it or made a small patch in it you're paying like a couple of grand to get the contractor to come and redo the whole thing. So we used to sell just this kit so you could just do a metre square with it. What we found there is if you put our asphalt down on that little cut and then same day went straight on with that resin, it would peel up. So we used to tell everyone to leave it a month. So I've sort of taken the same approach with the seaway. But if you're a driveway ceiling guy, you know, charging 60, 70, maybe 100 bucks for a driveway, um, you're not coming back in two weeks. You, You need to do it there and then because it just doesn't pay if you're not doing it. So I do warn him so he doesn't come back to me. But I've I've never had anyone go, oh, yeah, that, that happened. I've actually had people go, oh, I've done it. It's absolutely fine. So just wait the month. But, yeah, yeah. But, well, yeah, but if you're... But it's that's not... It's their business yeah. model. They're, they're trying to do it. I guess if you know that you're making a couple of trips back to the same subdivisions and stuff, you could do it. But, yeah, the, the guys do it, and it seems to work just fine. But I, I, I like to be cautious. If you can just give it a couple of weeks, but... Yeah, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's something that's popular with those guys, again, with the, the driveway seal guys, because people have depressions and things like that. So they can come, put that in, pack it. But the aggregate's also tighter, too, from what I remember. Than yeah, that people, right? people, if you look at that one particularly, that's our, uh, say, our pothole, our finer grade, it's a lot more aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. And coal patch it tends to be like quite jagged and not that nice. Even our coarser one um, is better than what you'd see with coal patch but yeah if you're on driveways so we supply a lot of municipal water departments for the valve box curb stops on the Mm -hmm. driveways Mm -hmm. because i think every 10 years they have to be replaced so they do a little patch and that's the one people put down and it it looks good and i've got sort of utility contractors in different parts of the province that we haven't gone and asked permission from the cities for it to be used and they're just like 
Yeah. I don't care. And they've even told me stories where the, the guy, the engineer or the inspector from the city has gone, oh, where'd you get your hot patch from? That looks quite good. And that's with that one. Because it just gives that real aesthetically pleasing look. So, yeah. When when you do get the individuals that actually look down and just look at the surface and go, wait a minute, that looks really pleasing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's quite a common, with the, with that one, that's a common occurrence. Yeah, people, people really like it and, and it, it makes it look good. And particularly when you're, you're on someone's driveway, like, you're putting a hole in it. They're not happy already. No. They want the whole thing. Of course. Typically, it's funny, typically the ones with the nicer driveways are, tend to be the better ones, believe it or not. It's when it's, and I, if you've got the really crappy driveways falling apart, they're like, oh, you're going to have to redo that. <laughs> so oh, this was gone already. It's one uh, or the other. I know it's totally yeah, those kinds but, of But people. yeah, you, you, people see that and once it's done, they're not happy because there's a hole being put in the driveway, but they, they see that they tend to be happier than what, they've yeah, got something they expected. And the, yeah. But I mean, we're we're just scratching the. I got to do the twelve questions with you because we're getting close to wrapping up here. But you guys are also offering a bunch of other stuff, and I'm just curious, what is like tire waiting? What's all that about? What's that? Sorry, tire waiting. Oh, waiting. that's with the calcium. So um, that's the calcium chloride that people will put the. Oh, uh, is that what it is? Yeah. So okay. That, so I do sell. So the dust control guys sell the calcium in liquid form. I sell it in its natural form, which is flake or solid, um, and it. It's, it's a great product for de-icing, um, which is the, the Dow Flake, the product score. You can get that from, from home hardwares, play all places like I actually supply home hardware with it. Um, and um, so about, God, when I first moved here, I came into July 2018, went back for Christmas, been pretty mild actually, got back. Uh, in the new year, there was snow on the ground and ice. And it sounds really, really stupid, but someone who didn't live in a climate like this. So in the UK, if you've got a bit of frost, you leave it a couple of days, it's no gone. Big thing. Yeah. yeah. So I left it and left it. It got to March and it was like four inches thick. <laughs> uh, and I didn't know we seemed to get on very well with our neighbours. But sandwich, our, our neighbours didn't think a lot of me at the time. It was just, it was innocent. It just, I never lived in this. It's quite stupid when you say it out loud now, but so I, I was telling my friend at work and this was before I sold the product. It was the dust control side that sold it. And he was like, take a few bags of that. And it just burns and melts through. So it's melting powers are phenomenal. So I, I mean, I'd left it that much. I still needed to break, but what it did is it helped me break it up a lot, lot better, but we sell a lot of it. Like I say, it goes through home hardware and it, it, it's a brilliant it's, it's a real next step on from salt. You guys have all kinds so, of like freeze-proofing and... Uh, yeah, yeah, all those different... But it's all that. That's the, the calcium flake. But in the, in the tire thing, they you basically mix a little bit of it with water and it weighs the, the, the tires down. So even like Cal Tire and places like that will buy some off us. Huh. To, so they weigh the tire tires down. Um, I'm not 100% sure what they, they do with that. But I, the one I'd like to mention is a product there called QC10, Quick Set Concrete. We predominantly use it for pouring around. It's a flowable. I always describe it best. It, it makes up the part of the manhole system. Yeah. But I always describe it best as like a hybrid between uh, like a, a grout. So it has like the flow of a grout, but like the cure in like a, a hydraulic cement. Really? Um, so that's stuff. It's called QC10? QC10 is the product, yeah. And it, and it, it flows. It's, it's flowable. So like I say, well... Uh, we'll mix it and we'll pour it around the manhole frame. So we have these cool little inflatable forms that go inside the frame. So we set the height on plastic shims. That gets you the height. And then we flow this concrete underneath and it forms around that inflatable. So you pull it out so it's perfect. So it's almost inside. like a self-leveling yeah, kind self -leveling. of cement? Okay. The, the reason I want to mention it so much is 
even in the middle of winter. So City of Timmins, again, a good customer of this product. Uh, 20, you can do 20 it. minutes. 20 really? Minutes, and it has no effect on it whatsoever. The first time they ever went to do it in the winter, because um, I go and do the demos in the summer, I'm not going up there in the winter. Um, they put warm water with it, because again, I guess that's a normal thing up there. It's like minus 20, minus 25. Water, yeah. Went off in the pail. I was like, oh, you don't need to do that with this stuff. It just sets. And I, I don't know. I can't tell you why because I don't do the chemistry behind it. But it's super, super clever. And it's to the point we actually have to run two different versions because in the summer it just it's too quick. It's so too fast. So it's rapid it. setting yeah. at that point. Oh yeah, I mean it is anyway. Like even yeah. in say minus minus twenty five, minus thirty C, and you can still pour it, still pour it, still, it flow? Wow. still flow, and it will still set in about 15, 20 minutes. You could, you can be. And you can find that what at any of the the home hardware stores or. No, that's no, just that's no. The only guys. thing we sell through the home hardwares is the calcium flake, uh, which Got is it. so a long established product. And so that was a dust control product, but they didn't. They used to like dealing tankers of liquid. They hated dealing with it. Everything I do is packaged. It comes on skids. You look in my warehouse on my factory, I should say, and it looks like it belongs. So we just move that over to me. To, but to you get it. purchasing from you, you can get, I mean, we've got contractors listening on the show here. They can contact you directly. Contact me directly. Yeah. Um, and if there's some interest, I'd love to come do, do a product demonstration. I'm sure. What it is. For sure. Um, like I say, that's, that's how we have our, our success and uh, what, what we like to show people. But yeah, I think there probably is more uses for that QC10, the, the quick set concrete yeah, product sure than what we're Especially doing. Especially in the weather. So, in the winter, like it's, it's, it's something, uh, I supply uh, Enbridge gas by quite a bit of the asphalt. And they do, um, what do they call them now? I think they call them boulevards or something. They call them bollards. The bollards, you see like... Um, yeah, they're doing the bollards. The bollards up where they're, they're trying to make sure there's yep. a gas thing. They don't want someone to hit oh, it. So they're using that? They're not. I'm trying to get oh, them. Because they do them in the winter. Sense. And yeah. they've got a guy standing there waiting for stuff to set. Yeah. Like you, even if you go to like a It totally box makes store, sense. My stuff, like you can put the post in and you got 10 minutes... You're done. I actually did it. I had uh, a fence put up in my, my house, just a chain link one. We got dogs, so we had to get that done. And the contractors were, were a bit of a night. They'd turn up, drop some stuff off, and it was, we were like two weeks in, and they still hadn't done it. So they finally come on the day, and I'm like, I'm waiting for them today. I'm not. So they turn up, and they go, oh, we've got the concrete. We'll have to go. And I was like, you got it. you're not going anywhere. I said, start digging the holes. I'll be back in 10 minutes. And you I got my stuff out, time. poured it, and I was like, Again, I said, look, I said, I'll do it with you because it, it just goes quick. Like, you've just, you've got to know it goes quick. We poured it and they were like, geez. And they actually ended up buying some from me. And it's not the cheapest, nothing I do is ever cheap, but it's it's going to be cost effective somewhere down the line. So, like, we wouldn't do it on everything. But they had one, they were like two hours away and they wanted to just, they didn't want to come back the next day. So, they, it was quite a lot, way bigger than just a garden. And they just, they did it, poured all the concrete and they, they could get two, like, two holes from a bag. So they, they poured it all, set it. They, like they were not waiting the and next day. you it with regular water, yeah, cold just water. Mix, yeah, just right. mix with water. Yeah, it's like two and a half litres a bag. Gives you a real flowable, self-leveling. Have you heard of Ontario uh, Bullards? No. I'll introduce you to yeah, Sean. Great. There, he was on the show. And uh, I okay. think at some point during the show, he was talking about how it kind of slows down in the winter months because of that reason of yeah. concrete. Because yeah. they're actually embedding it in concrete. They yeah, have to yeah. dig the hole and they have to prep it and get it all ready. And then... They're at the mercy of Mother Nature. Yeah, I'll definitely introduce yeah, you to them because that'll be an opportunity for you to try it out for ballers mm. for sure. And then the the ones on on the note of the one on the first podcast that when we got speaking, I was like, I'm going to listen. Was the mud mixer guy? Yeah, because I'd actually um, 
reached out to those already. Um, He's down in uh, the Texas, Texas way or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Texas, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, um, they're getting some of the units up here. Well, I, I heard he said he got one in Scarborough. Yeah, it's just it's a bit of a long way. And anyway, what what I ended up doing with them way before was I sent them a couple of bags, and they they mixed because I thought again for our manholes they'd be great. Problem is, asked us a two part. Quickly turn digital measurements into efficient gains for your business. With iGUIDE, you can turn around DWG floor plans within 48 hours, easily share project files with partners, and create 3D walkthroughs for your clients. Stop struggling with inaccurate measurements, manual processes, and inefficient project planning and collaboration. Discover how you can boost productivity and cut costs with a virtual demo. Visit www.goiguide.com forward slash AEC to connect with an iGUIDE specialist. So you have to mix the two part, then yeah, add it. And then so you sort of, but I, I, yeah, I actually probably should reach out and see if they've got any more. But it's it's more like the rental thing from Scarborough and then bringing it back. You're like, look, I, I know he was expanding, but I mean, yeah, I'll, 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 I can, I'll introduce you as well and talk. Yeah. Did you talk to him, the same person? No, he was that guy. I didn't recognize the name. Okay. I can't think who it was that I spoke to. But I actually then met them because I went to Con Expo in March. I did California and then I went on to see some other people and just went to Con Expo for a couple of days because actually the Sealmaster guys I mentioned had a big one there. Yep. And I saw them there and had a bit of a chat with them. And at that point they hadn't, they'd got the bag, but they hadn't um, done anything with it. But they, they did since get back to me and said, yeah. But like the first time I saw them, bit like from, from you, what you said, I was like, geez, there. It kind of makes sense for like road work. It's and, just, and just in, yeah. Uh, the easier you can make the guy's life, yeah. the support guy's life more chance you've got of of i know it's not that difficult now we we use a like a i've got like a gas drill actually i do that because i want you can do it in the electric one but we mix like four or five bags up at a time in like basically cut blue barrels in half and mix them in that they're brilliant really durable and our environmental division gets a ton of them wasting so they have to clean them up and then they're nice and clean yeah at the time they're just throwing them out so now like just keep them we cut them up put little handholes either side in them (laughs) pour the concrete, and in 20 years of mixing this product, it's it's the best thing I've ever used. And we just give, every time we get a new customer, we just give them, put a barrel on top of the skid and go, there you go. And Part you know, of it. I just mix it up with like a, a gas drill because I don't want to carry generators and things around. My When I'm doing manor demos, my truck is rammed already. So one less thing. Um, and we, we do that. But an electric one, as long as you've got a decent size and a good paddle, you want the spiral paddle because yep. um, it grabs the stuff from the bottom and gives yeah. a nice clean mix. Yeah. Um, but as long as you do that, yeah, it's pretty. But the mud mixer kind of makes sense. So, well, well, yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll make some, I'll, I'll make some intros. I'll, and just, yeah, yeah, I wanna, I wanna try it again. And like, I was thinking even maybe, I could speak to the Sunbelt and say, look, I don't want to be able to come back and bring it in a day to Scarborough. But if you can, if I can pay for the day and just take it on the, because it'd be something I'd do on weekend as a bit of fun. Yeah. So if I could take it when I wouldn't cost you probably any business or something like that. So it's something, or even like I say, if they've got another Sunbelt. They Got probably it. do. Yeah. They totally we'll do. But all right, Matt, thanks so much. Oh, it's been a pleasure. No, this has been great, man. Like this is all kinds of stuff that I don't know too much about, but we don't really appreciate it because it's there and it's not yeah. there. Nobody appreciates Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Right? I think uh, I think I said to you before, it's a little bit different. I've, I've listened and watched plenty of your podcasts and I like a lot of it's more, I guess, what you'd say, traditional construction or mm-hmm. what we think of construction. And yeah. we do, you're building houses, you're carpentry. Look, I know you, you have I know, all but sorts your products are applicable but, to the people that yeah, listen to the show. 100%. They're going to come across they fit situations into it that are going to need it. Particularly things like the Asher, yeah. even your bollard guy, they probably buy a ton of bags of coal patch. Yeah. Because normally when you... And then why not do this? 
It makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. Uh, so Matt, continue here from uh, daily, uh, daily, right? Yeah, daily, yeah, daily baby, baby products. products. And then it's uh, 905-975-0556. And you can reach him at matt at dailygroup.com. And the website is uh, www.dailygroup.com. And then on IG and LinkedIn, you'll find them at uh, daily underscore pavement underscore products underscore. You ready for the 12 questions? Yeah, absolutely. What is your favorite construction word? <laughs> construction word that's a good one say ready clearly i'm not that ready um <laughs> i gotta go this one uh is a bit of a uk and then cornish and i um like a word that you say directly and i used to sort of look after the southwest of england as a bit and the guys a lot of the, the guys i guess in the municipal world in my world you'd say directly which, which basically means we'll do it later he <laughs> 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 used to say when you do it. but that's something i really when you say i associate with those guys but again that that was uk municipal people it's not like that here <laughs> what's your least favorite tool uh hand tamp <laughs> yeah because it's difficult well you know, I, I like for me now like so many of our customers rightly or wrongly they, they, they'll run the truck over it but I've, I've got to a place where I'm like, I, it's way better. A truck running, it's not always maybe it's aesthetically pleasing, but for something that requires compaction, a truck tire truck. is way better. Hand two tamp, tons. You're relying on the person on the end of it, yeah. and I've seen people go. You're not getting anywhere not near than anything. two yeah. tons, right? So, yeah, that's probably my, my least favorite. What construction sound do you love? Uh, I like uh, I like to hear um, like a jackhammer or something like that. Work being done. Yeah, work being done. Exactly that, yeah. What's your favorite beverage? Uh, favorite beverage? Probably just a cold beer in the summer. No particular brand. From here or from there? Back home, you know. Back home, i got to admit. I, I do. I tell you, I do like MGD, and you get a lot more of that here in a bottle. Um, but, yeah, again, just come back from the... Uh, having just come back from two weeks of nearly drinking every day i'm pretty much done with it for a little while but yeah i don't know i do think the uk beers there's not um most things i think are better here but the beer in the uk yeah. oh there's more body there's more yeah yeah there's no more more flavor yeah i think so I think um what turns you on and off in construction um i think on is just like when people are open to new things and, yeah. and breaking through and getting that i get yeah when when you're getting somewhere with something that I get very excited still and like I get I'm a big soccer fan football fan and uh, like you, the strikers always say there's no feeling like scoring a goal and I guess that's the closest thing I'll ever get to it is when you, you've got someone who's really open and, and interested yep. and wants to push forward and improve something for me that's the biggest and I guess the turn off's the complete opposite is so when I you do just hit brick course. walls like again I, it never puts me off it's a challenge and you keep going you'll find someone else there but progress, i just I, I i particularly with with this i've found in certain areas like i remember having a conversation or it wasn't really a conversation with one municipality and he just kept saying we only approve high asphalt we only approve high asphalt and i was like well i'm not asking you to approve this but i'm asking you to look at it like to let try. me come let's do a patch try. let's try it like, and that for me it's so, so frustrating i'm like just just try it just what, what harm can we do here? But, yeah. I know, but I that's know. That's my job to convince them, and you keep trying. What's your favorite curse word? <laughs> British one. I 
Cunt. <laughs> Apologies. No, it's not. It's, <laughs> that's it's, the breach one. That's so what, it's my favourite as well. Yeah, I use it the most by far. But I say, my wife's Australian and one of my best friends is also Australian. Oh, it's used there we all played, the time. We played, we played cricket together for a couple of years and he was our overseas pro and we lived together. And uh, he'd walk in every morning and go, sup, cunt. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favourite vehicle? Uh, I do. My, my, my aim... Uh, one of the things I wanted from when I was a kid was always to have a Range Rover. Uh, so, although I do love the Defenders, my dad was a, I was a, my dad was a farmer. I lived on a farm till I was eighteen, and he used to have like the proper Defenders, the, the old school, school ones, the nineties. No, the, he used to have the nineties. I like the new ones now, but <laughs> that that was what he had. Although, like I've got I've got a, just a Chevy Silverado, and I could never five years ago never imagine. I remember when I sort of was moving, my boss was like, "Well, we'll get you a truck," and I was like. I don't know that I can, again, the roads are so much smaller and I was like, I don't think I can drive a truck. Like, he's like, well, I'm going to tell you for the job you do, you're going to need one. With a so, full bed in the back yeah, yeah, and then so, a, a double cab. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. But I, so I do love, do love having a truck actually now as well, which again, I know. But you need it in your business. Oh, a million like, you percent. Totally you couldn't, you couldn't it do it without, business. you couldn't do it without it. And it, it's, it's normal. Like I know it's normal for people here. Like everyone has trucks, but. Someone who's pretty, yeah. but a Defender daily vehicle would be nice. Yeah, too. yeah, 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 yeah. So David, <laughs> if you're listening, <laughs> what do you miss from your childhood? Uh, I, this is one that stuck. I heard everyone saying it is it's it's the innocence. It's yeah. the, just the yep. the the not having the fears or the worries or just 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 discovering. Yeah, yeah. Best times. That's by far all. the best times. What uh what profession other than your own would you like to attempt one day? I literally can't do anything else. I say this is, I got so lucky that I managed to fall into something. Like I say, I tried to be a plumber. I couldn't even get an interview. <laughs> uh, I wanted to be, I wanted to be a sports journalist as well when I was younger. And we, like when you're 15, you know, you got, I can't think what you guys call it now, but like we call it work experience. So you go and do like a, a co-op. Co-op. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I went, sat with someone for like a week and just heard like, basically you have to volunteer to you about 30 to get into enough. You won't get paid a dime for yeah. years. Yeah. So I was like, no, I don't, I don't, I, I, I still probably But keep that. writing those stories. Yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. Um, so that, that was a thing. I need, it sounds really sad, but I genuinely like love what I do. And I probably, cause I literally can't do anything else. I love what I do. Uh, I, I honestly wouldn't want to do anything else except professional sports, which I'm fat and old now, and I can't do them. So, <laughs> there's certain sports for that. Yeah. <laughs> what profession would you not like to do? Teacher. Tough one. Teacher. Yeah, I have uh, got a couple of friends, particularly in the UK. We were back seeing some friends. She was telling some stuff, uh, but I even think like I wasn't a bad kid at school. But like, even teachers then, of today are different. Yeah, it's yeah. a different world. Well, it's not they're different. The teaching world is different. Yeah, and the stuff like she's like just. Um, basically being expected to parent the kids and then when they do the parents don't like the way like yeah it's um it's a different industry. i think my my generation i'm 37 my generation of parents are probably a bit younger I, I i don't have any kids i don't plan to have them so i come from a place of really not having an opinion shouldn't have an opinion but i don't think i don't think the, the i'll argue that all the time i can have an opinion yeah if I, have kids yeah, I just don't just i don't think i don't know i, don't, I think then they're doing the kids a disservice no. Last question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at those pearly gates? So I'm um, controversial maybe a little bit, but I'm not, I'm not a believer. Uh, I love, I, I have nothing against anyone who does. I think it's, um, I think 
I've seen the benefits of having the belief. I just grew up in a family that, that didn't really take that. I remember someone once knocking on my dad's door. Well, he's a farmer and worker. And um, I can't remember what they were, but they were uh, to preach or come in and talk. And he said, my religion's work now. Go away. <laughs> and that, that, that's my thought a little bit. But I'd like to think, I guess, going on to the thing, I'd like to think that I treated everybody as I wish to be treated myself. Yeah. That's all. That's simple enough. Yeah. No, no. We have had plenty of people. You don't. You don't have to believe. That's why I always leave the question as an yeah, open-ended yeah. No, kind of no, thing. Yeah, I, I think you want to be respectful for everybody. And one hundred percent. And I have. Yeah. I'm certainly not someone who would. That you shouldn't believe. It's just not. Not an environment I grew up in, yeah, really. But that's all. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think yeah, it's it's nice to. And as I say, I've seen the benefits of certainly people who have lost someone and the benefits of believing. Yeah, uh, uh, thinking that they've gone to a better place, and I can see the good side of it. So, absolutely, that's it, Matt. Thank you very much, awesome. man. Really Thank a pleasure yeah, having you on the show and talking shop, man. Been great. I've loved it. Thank Thanks you so, so much, much for having me. Yeah, been awesome. That's it. Well, all, hopefully, anybody wants to reach out, they can reach out. Yeah, to you. absolutely. Like I say, love coming out. Being anytime I'm not sat in front of my desk on the computer and I'm doing product <laughs> demonstrations. This year, this time of the year, it does tend to go a bit quieter. I know uh, because we're just getting ready for the year. The year is going to be crazy yeah, now, from so. what I'm gathering, right? So 2024, everyone's going to be working really hustling. I so. Hope so I definitely wow. am. That's for sure. <laughs> That's it. We're out of here. Thanks so much, Matt. Thanks. Thank